0: Let's sit, let's learn, let's evolve, let's talk No more whispering in our minds Today is Let's Talk Black Excellence with your host, Dan Ray Welcome to Let's Talk Before I begin, I'd like to stop to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land where we broadcast from today And also pay my respects to Elders, past and present And welcome to Friday's edition of Let's Talk Black Excellence for another week It's great to have your company well, I guess today needs little introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway. Poet, actor, writer, producer, comedian, among many other things in. His, uh, <laughs> he's one of the great talents in this country, and I'm delighted to welcome Stephen Oliver to let's talk. How are you brother? I'm good, my brother. I had a little intro for a big fork. Yeah. <laughs> As we always look, can we uh, start with your wealth your country, where you're from, brother?
1: Um, well, as I always say, I'm one of the black fighters who claim everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got Wanda and Gogolita, which neighbouring clans up in the, um, the Gulf. Then you got Cookie Alenji, which is the daintree. Bar, which is great Keppel island. And then Bunjalung and Birupai down in New South Wales.
0: Deadly. Big mob.
1: Biggest mob. Biggest <laughs> mob. Biggest <laughs> mob. Uh, Actually, I'm to do a revelation on the show today. Yeah?
0: What's that?
1: <laughs> well, is find this hard to believe when I say it. Go. Well... I've noticed this for years, so like years ago, um, I was down in Melbourne with my Uncle Neil and the mob were there sitting there and they were just talking about this person. And because, you know, I didn't grow up with Dad's family, mm. I grew up with Mum like up in Queensland, so I didn't know all these connections. But anyway, they're talking and then um, I went, what? I said, are we related to Archie Roach?" And um, they looked at me and they said, didn't you know? And I'm like, no. They said, go away, Stephen. They said, he's farther than your grandmother, brother and sister.
0: Hey, look
1: out! Yeah, so he's wow. just a bungalong now. Oh yeah, Ferguson mob. Yeah. Oh, yeah my grandmother was a Ferguson. But here, when I met him, mm-hmm. so I tried showing him in front of the old people, and like, when my nan was a little girl in that, and, um but obviously, you know, big spot, because they would try to claim him all the time, that's obviously what he was hearing mm-hmm. from me, but mm-hmm. I'm showing him the photo, and he's going, hey, that looks like my Uncle Stan. I'm going, no, that is your Uncle Stan. <laughs>
0: Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, brothers, where did your, your love for performing and, and writing, where did it all begin? Do you remember, you know, where you were, what you were doing?
1: Well, I I mean, I've been performing for, you know, as long as I can remember. Um, being like a four or five-year-old in Cloncurry, my grandparents would wake me up and um, perform at family barbecues. Like, I'd be laying there asleep and they'd be like, boy, boy, show them up you dance. So then I'd go in the backyard of my little pyjamas, dance up, and then I'd get to hang around and talk to all the adults while the other kids had to sleep. So that's where my social butterflyness comes from, I mm, reckon.
0: Mm. Uh, you heard at the top there, you, you do many different things. I'm um, a black of all trades. a black of all trades. <laughs> do you have a favourite thing that you do?
1: No. You know what? I find I go between things.
0: So... I forgot Sarah as well. I mean, I've heard some of your songs and, um, brother, like... I say try-hard singer. Nah, yeah, I want
1: to be... Uh, I'm just trying to sing a man. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, no, well, I mean, when I studied, you know, that was um, one of the things with Michael who ran the school. He wanted us to be triple threats hmm. um, because you were more employable. So if you could act, if you could sing, if you could dance. And I um, was dead dead dancing. I can't act in and, yeah, I could hold a note. So I've just, yeah, utilised all of that and it's taken me to amazing places.
0: Um, black comedy. You know, what an amazing... Um, a
1: slack comedy. An <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know, amazing um, program to, to, to have, you know, blackfellas writing, producing, um, starring in uh, a program that just uh, went through the roof and, mm-hmm. and you were at the forefront of that. Um, what was that period like? It
1: was actually very difficult um i originally said that the second season because i wasn't coping with the fame Mm. um yeah i actually saw a psychologist and she's like you're at burnout she said the next step is depression and i was like disconnecting myself from people and i wasn't answering phone calls i wasn't like my friends family like i wasn't getting back to anyone um but you know there's a big story behind that and it'll be in my book whenever I write it uh, <laughs> and I better get my more you in a <laughs> so <laughs> I start forgetting all them stories by the time I got to write
0: it <laughs> can, can, can you t- talk to us about that like what what that's like not sort of being able to walk down the street without someone screaming at you or, or wanting your, your photo or
1: well uh, I, I equated celebrity to racism in the sense that people have a preconceived notion of you and they expect you to act accordingly and so and it's those power structures as well like See, before when I met people, and they didn't, like, and me talking myself up, but I could let them know if I was funny or not. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I could sit there and have a like, serious conversation. If I wanted to make them laugh, I could do that. But then what happened after black comedy, then all people were wanting to go make me laugh, make me laugh, make me laugh. I'd be at funerals for family members and people going, i make us laugh now. And I'm like, well, hold up. I'm here grieving for mob mm. too. And people, you know... um a friend of mine actually said to me, he said, you're a public figure now and people feel they own you. And in my head, that equated to slave. Mm. And yeah, and because I was a people pleaser too, like it was really hard for me to, but, you know, it's funny how people go too because I remember talking to one auntie and going, um, yeah, I said, I don't really go out much anymore. And I said, like, if I'm going to go to be beer on a Tuesday when it's more quiet, like, I said, I get anxiety and, you know, my mental health isn't that good. And she went, oh, so what, you're too famous now. So when you're trying to tell people, like, I'm not coping, you know what I mean? You would get that thrown back at you as well. Mm. Or people even, like, I remember being in Melbourne and um, it was an 18 dollars' birthday and he came up to me at this event, performance, performing at and he goes, um, he said, oh, it's my 18th brother. He said, um, I know how much money you celebrities make, you know, buy me a drink. I said, yeah, you don't know how much we make. I said, so buy your own drink. And then anyway, I felt like I said, no, here, go on. I said, what do you want? <laughs> so I bought him a drink and stuff like that. And then you know, I took photos. Then my mum came out and we all did photos. And mm. then I performed and then I got a stage and they got more photos. And then I went back, performed again, and then the night finished and, you know, still doing photos. And we're in the hallway and the security comes up and goes, oh, we need yous to move so, you know, people can get out. And I said to them, I said, you hey, mum, we've well, we got to move this way. And that 18-year-old looked at me and went, yeah, don't think you're too good for blackfellas. And I just went, I actually swore and then I just walked away and it really hurt me and I tried to work out why did it hurt me so much because I knew I don't think, it. you know what I mean? Like, my mob were always like, you know, my mob, um, no matter how simple they send me at. <laughs> but I tried to work out why, why that hurt me so much and then I realised it's because no matter how many poems you do, no matter how much you speak about black, no matter how much, you know, people could actually see you performing on stage... But then, if you don't do what they want you to do, they try to, you know, they're infected with this, like, to me, it's a colonial mindset as well. You know what I mean, that thing of pitting black fighters against mm. each other. Mm. Um, and it, it is so entrenched in some mob that they can't, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, you, you can do one thing and then all of a sudden everything else you've done doesn't matter. It's because you wouldn't get a photo with them.
0: Mm. You feel, uh, I've been out with you uh, many times in recent, you know, years, and I think you, you, have you become a little bit more comfortable with that? uh, You know, I've I've seen you, you you don't, um, you'll post for every photo, you'll, you know, you've never told someone to go away. uh,
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I'll always, you know, like, I mean, people are lovely too, like, you know, sometimes people will just turn up and shove a phone in your face and, you know, it's recording and, and stuff like that. But the good thing about, you know, with my particular fame... I can call
0: them a name, and they'll love it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see you do it. I'll see you do it. Uh, and, and you know, I suppose the catchphrase that you, you'll never be able to escape. Yeah.
1: No, nah, I thought I got called that word a lot before the show came out.
0: <laughs> What's this then? Slug. You could say it. That's your catchphrase. Oh, yes. um, where did that? Where yes. <laughs> What? You
1: get it. I've said too many times. No,
0: it's probably too it's probably too, too many. Be there, Shut up! No, it's got to say it again. <laughs> uh, do you, you know? Does that get old, or you? You again? No. you sort of come to the realization that you know this is what people love, and yeah, it doesn't.
1: I mean, uh, it's old. in some ca- like you know, if, if people see me online and then I'll message that phrase instead of saying hello or whatever. But I guess you know when you're in person with someone and you kind of have that you know, the intonation, and the tone you hear in the way, it makes it a bit different. But, you know, I remember being in Adelaide and I had this um uh, white lady come up to me and she's like, hello, you, word. Uh, and um the people she was with, they went, oh! <gasps> <gasps> and I went back to her, hello, you, you know. And they went, oh, my God, we thought you didn't know each other. And I said, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. So it's, it's you know, it led to a lot of beautiful moments. So I remember walking here, when I was walking here to work, when I used to work here. And I was um nearly go-between bridge and... Um, there was these two um, young tradie Pacific followers, you know, and they seen me walking, and, and they um saying, "Hey, bro," they said, "You the man." And to these two like big boys they went, <laughs> 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 and they bust out laughing, like. So you know, it's, it's, uh, it's had yeah, it's had deadly moments. You know, like you got to take the good with the bad, yeah. or oh, the bad with the good. So yeah, um, yeah. you know, and it, it's um, you know, I would even loved it when I would get messages from like people talking about how they were using it in, in their relationships. So, you know, one woman messaged me and she said, you know, she um, messaged a man, can't even bring me flowers, you know, <laughs> for him. And uh, and then he turned up home with flowers in his hand. And I thought, here, people are saying gay people were destroying relationships. We're bringing them together.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Your yeah, acting's taken you all the way to uh, the, the very pinnacle. My black uh, yeah, The black team's taken I'm you I'm a all. blackter. <laughs> To the top of the... You know, it doesn't get much bigger than a, a Marvel movie and you, you had a role in in Thor Ragnarok, which is probably one of the, the best uh, the best movies that the Marvel have done. What was that experience like?
1: Um, that's what I saw. I thought I saw money on season two of Black Comedy. <laughs> 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 season one of Black Comedy, you know, this is too much money. Second season, I, yeah, I saw money. And then you do a Marvel movie and... Yeah.
0: You and then see? everyone's going loan their Money, bros, Loan right? labs. <laughs> eh? <laughs> then then the mob are coming out for a loan.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, don't you worry. People are like, How much you could pay? I oh, but they didn't know when I do black like, comedy. <laughs> my auntie Glor, um, in season one, you know Tiffany? Mm. Tiffany? Mm-hmm. When she's saying, Mong or mon glor. So I put that in for my auntie Glor. <laughs> and Auntie Glor reckoned, how much you get paid now writing that? And I said, um I said it was three hundred for every minute that made it on TV, it was three hundred dollars. And she said, "Believe well, you want my $300 now?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was that like? being on a, a major Hollywood film set with you know, big stars, Jeff Goldblum and... and well, you know what? I was fine talking to Chris Hemsworth
1: and um, Jeff Goldblum and Rachel House. Taika Waititi, I, I was shocked mm. Because I saw Boy. Yeah. Um, and I loved that movie so much. And... Also, too, because he had like Michael Jackson through it, um, you know, which is a big reason. A while would, you know, be dancing at Panda Barbecues. Um, in fact, Don't Stop Till You Get Enough is the first film clip I remember seeing as a kid. I used to think he was in a pinball machine because they had them bubbles. Yes. <laughs> anyway, I went off and a there. But um, yeah, no, I couldn't. I couldn't. It was like I was scared to be funny in front of Tiger. I'm mm-hmm. sort of going to sound like an idiot. Yeah. And I don't know why, because. I'd already sent him a photo of me with all my comic books and in, in Superman boxes and T-shirt, um, you know, saying, you know, I just don't want to be in the movie because I want to be in a Marvel I said, I'm a really, you know, big comic book fan. And then I said, the sexy pose is just an added bonus. Yeah. <laughs> but then when I would actually talk to him, yeah, yeah. Murray was shame. Mm.
0: Uh. So he approached he approached you to to play that role and um, that's pretty cool. No, nah, well, I approached him. Oh, What happened? He was meant to be in season two of black comedy. That's right.
1: 'Cause we when we go to New Zealand then we were gonna, you know, meet the to Marit- this, And um <laughs> yeah. Which yeah, that would have been solid. That would've been um, very good. But then scheduling, we, we couldn't make it work. Um and so then I rewrote those episodes. But um yeah, when I heard he was coming to the Gold Coast and he was, you know, doing a Marvel movie and, you know, I'd been to every Marvel movie. Um yeah, I contacted the producer from um Black Comedy and said I just want to be an extra. I said, I don't need line. I don't, I you know, I don't need anything. I just, just put me in it. Like, that's all I need. And, um, anyway, so she emailed him, but then she emailed, put me in it too. She CC'd me and I was like, oh, shame job. <laughs> so that's when I sent him the photo of me with the comic books and, mm-hmm. you know, and the boxes and stuff. And, um, so he's like, yeah, but like, like hey, black follow mob. He said, you know, like, oh, you know, I love black comedy, blah, blah, blah. Um, he said... Oh, yeah, I'll see what's available, he said. But, you know, at worst, he said, you might just have to be, like, you know, one of the spear throwers. And I reckon, brother, I will throw boomerang or anything. I don't care. I just need to be in the movie. And, um, yeah, then I had to send off clips that I actually filmed here in this building, mm. please, mm. of um, yeah, of my life being threatened. And um, Dewey filmed them mm. on my phone. Uh, and, yeah, sent them off and then got the call back again and did another um shot and... Yeah, then I ended up in a Marvel movie.
0: And yeah, you weren't expecting a, a speaking role, a pretty pretty important role in no. the in the film. You get you get killed. You get. I,
1: yeah, I did think I'd be talking up with Chris Hemsworth and you know Jeff Goldblum mm.
0: and, and the yeah. makeup and the costume and everything. Oh
1: yeah, oh which was solid. Mm. Like, it's crazy what makeup can do to you. Mm-hmm. But people said it was me that must be them
0: ears. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was your your voice too, bros. <laughs> <laughs> I was like,
1: mm-hmm. that's what I was doing then. <laughs> 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 I remember acting at that. What I'm actually acting at, and you know, I'm looking at Chris Hemsworth, but I'm acting. But in my head, I'm thinking, I can't believe I'm not like, looking at Chris Hemsworth, yeah. you know. And they were lovely. After we finished um, shooting the scene, I wanted to thank them for the generosity. And Jeff Goldblum told me I did beautiful, amazing work. Uh, and then um, I went to shake Chris's hand. He said, "Come here, you, you're bloody awesome," and gave me like this big hug. And I was like, "Oh, so, deadly,
0: deadly." If you're just joining us, what are I'm with Stephen Oliver, of course. Uh, this is Friday's edition of Let's Talk. Um, now, you, uh, you closed out the final Q&A of the year last year with an ode to respect and understanding um, your poem and acknowledgement of... Um, yeah, powerful, really powerful stuff and I think um, I think every person in the country needs to, to hear that.
1: Uh, thank you, brother. Yes, I'm um, interested with that poem because I actually read it years ago and um, I was asked if I could do like, an acknowledgement at this kind of big launch event thing that was happening... And I did it and I knew that people would feel funny because I mentioned a cross and blood in it, you know what I mean? And um, so they came back to me and they said, oh, you know, that's a bit, you know, can we have something a bit more, you know, lighthearted? So anyway, you know, I did this other one for them, you know, which was fine. But then that poem just kind of sat there and um, I was going through my, like, works and and then I saw it again and I just saw, like, Um, I'd actually forgot about it but I sent it to a mate over in London and um, you know he was really muted he said I can't stop listening to it and um, lo and behold Q&A ring me a couple of weeks later asking if I could do anything and you know I said that poem was meant to wait till then and Mm.
0: yeah what was the response afterwards I mean you know you're you're pretty active on social media you're you're great the way you interact with your fans but what what was the um, I suppose the response from mainstream and, and your fans
1: um, the thing I love is that the way people see lines differently to me. Oh, you know what I mean? Like they'll take a particular line that really hits them. Like, um, like I knew colour <coughs> kind of, kind of won't change the way our skin feels the rain. You know, I knew that was a nice line, but yeah. people have been really moved by that. Um, yeah. you know, it's like when I, um, did I'm a black fella. And I, you know, I read the line, um learn what it is to not see... Now, percept... If I don't do the palman order, I can't remember it, but um, I said, you know, perception's a lie. Learn what it is to not see with your eyes. Mm. Um, And, you know, that line stuck out to people. But even when I was writing black comedy, um, you know, stuff like Mark Johnson, people like, who's Mark Johnson? I said, I just made that name up. (laughs) um, You know, so it's always interesting when people see the work and, yeah, what stands out to them.
0: Mm. Well, brother, we're going to go out today with that uh, amazing piece. But before we do, um, have you got any advice for a younger mob who, you know, might be uh, wanting to get into the the arts industry It might be shame or or things like that? What advice have you got to sort of, you know, move past that and and follow your dreams? Um, Oh,
1: what advice? You know, this sounds cliche, but you've got to do it because you love it.
0: Mm. Um. Sometimes it's not not all uh, glamorous and uh, (laughs) lots and lots of...
1: It's like I would get annoyed at these, you know, singing contests when people would get eliminated and they'd be crying and they'd going, it's my dream, you know, and I said, no, your dream isn't to sing because you can sing wherever you want. Mm. Your dream is fame. Mm. That's what you want. You're crying for fame. You're not crying to be a singer. And that's the problem with this world that I find that this is why, you know, this is why we have doctors who write prescriptions giving people things they don't need because they're getting paid by pharmaceutical companies. Like, people are becoming, you know, in these positions because of the pay. So, we don't have actual healers Mm. working these jobs. You know what I mean? We don't have actual, you know, like, song people and doing these things. People are doing things for the wrong reasons. It's become, you know, convoluted. And um, so, you know, if you're going to do it, do it because, you know, at the core of and you've got to be true to yourself, like, really... You know, I was forty years old by the time black comedy came along. I'd done shows where there was like you know in a classroom where there was only like ten kids and you know one teacher in little country towns. I'd you know I'd choreographed drag shows and you know was a boy dancer in mm. nightclubs mm. and you know all that kind of stuff. And I, but that's what I did. You know, performed. So um, yeah. Don't don't yeah. Also like don't think you have to deny your Aboriginality. Don't think you have you know if I didn't right, the titters, the way, you know, mob talk and stuff like that, they would have been a very different thing Mm -hmm. and they wouldn't have resonated with people. And that's why I would love it when people would say, you know, what WTF did I just watch? Mm. But I love that because to me it was going, that's because they'd never seen that before.
0: Mm.
1: And, you know, even when people were trying to get me to do dictionaries and it's like, no, like, people can learn, like they can come to us, you know, for once. So don't feel you have to give up your Aboriginality um, to fit a mould. You know, that's, what, that's something that you have that's been a part of us for thousands and thousands of years mm, mm. that needs to go out into the world. Mm. Don't deny it to fit into something, you know, that is already crushing your being. Mm. Did you want fame before you had it? When I was younger, yeah. Mm. Def- like, it, it's funny. I actually think of a, a song I wrote when I was 19, and I was going to to study, and because I was going to university... A lot of mob I knew were going, oh, he trying to be a white person, he just want to be white, like that kind of stuff. And I'm like, you would known me my whole life and my whole 19 years. Like I couldn't even believe people were saying that. But I wrote the song that goes, some people say I'm nothing, but I know I'm something more. They criticise and comment, but I just choose to ignore. For I know there'll be a day when they'll see my name in lights, and then they'll all come running when I am shining bright. And I'll go on to be as famous can be. See my name up on a billboard and cry out, that's me. No more emptiness for me once I'm a celebrity. Mr. Popularity, just wait and see. Because I thought fame fixed everything. Mm. You know what I mean? I mm. thought fame was the answer to uh, happiness. Mm-hmm. And it just, if anything, it, intensi- it intensified You know what was missing in my life. Mm.
0: Man, uh. <laughs> 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 On that night <note, laughs> we'll wrap it up there. Brother Stephen Oliver, always good to see you, lad. You too, brother. Uh, thank you so much for um, for joining with us today on Let's Talk. No worries. Let's wrap for another week. you have been listening to Let's Talk at AAA Murray Country. Have a good weekend. I'm a black fella.
2: I'm not a drunk, criminal, textbook, uneducated, unemployed, welfare-dependent slack fella. And if you try to tell me different, then you might just get a smack fella. Not that I condone violence. I just don't condone silence. And when you try to tell me about what it means to be an Aborigine, with your stupid ass joke, stereotypes and Discovery Channel mentality, I'm afraid I have to speak up and let you know about me. See I ain't what you've seen in your travel magazine. And I haven't got the look from your history book. Noble? Maybe. Savage? No. Unless you're talking about my words and the way that they flow, but this isn't about style. It's about attitudes. It's about people who formulate their ill-informed views, who switch on the TV and then suddenly, out of the blue, they know all about me. Oh, he comes from that race involved in that car chase. It's such a disgrace what they do to the place. I mean, seriously, in this day and age, you want to learn about me, you need to learn to engage. Don't base your decisions on things that you see. Make up your mind by talking to me. I won't rob you or beg and I won't try to fight you. But if you're a man and you're hot, I might like you. (laughs) Yes, that's a hint. I'm single. I am. I'm using my rhymes to try and get me a man. But enough about that. Because I'm here to teach, to beseech, not preach about the heights we could reach. If you stood by our sides and simply just talked, and if some of the time in our footsteps you walked, then maybe you'd see we're not young and free. We're ancient and chained from the stains that remain from a past that's never been dealt with because people don't get off their ass. Instead, they'll read articles, switch on the news, and somehow through media, the lies become truth. Just like when people see a drunk black man on the street, and somehow from that, that black man becomes me. But the drunk white man who stumbles and falls, oh, he's not a reflection of a race at all. So open your mind, because perception's a lie. Learn what it is to not see with your eyes, because I'm a black fella. Not a drunk, criminal, textbook, uneducated, unemployed, welfare-dependent slack fella, and I'm trying to put your minds on the right track, fellas. So question yourself. Challenge ideals, start a revolution. Are you part of the problem? Or the solution?
0: No more whispering in our mind Let's talk Monday to Friday at 9am on AAA Murray Country, the National Indigenous Radio Service and iHeartRadio. You can catch up on AAA.org.au Proudly supported by the Community Broadcast Foundation.